welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Well, good morning, church. Tell you what, it's an exciting weekend, 4th of July. But you know what? It's a privilege and an honor. Uh, I just want to thank Pastor Rob and the leadership team here at River Valley Church and Pastor Mark for making this home team weekend happening. And uh, just a privilege and an honor to speak to you. Um, We've been in a series called Kingdom Culture um, as our summer series, talking about discipleship. Anybody, Anybody a disciple this morning? All right. Talking about discipleship. In week one, a disciple we talked about passionately was committed to Jesus, is committed to Jesus. In week two, a disciple has an extraordinary love for people. Today we're going to talk a lot about the heart of a servant. We were on our vacation this last week and we got home on Friday, a long trip, five hours with five kids in the car. And uh, how many have experienced that before? Long road trips. We got home and, and I was, uh, one of our, our youngest, Ivan, was uh, just getting a little antsy, needed to be out in the, in the glorious sunshine that was outside. So got him in the wagon and I was tooling him around the neighborhood. And uh, as we made the corner to come back towards our house, there was an elderly gentleman that lives about three houses down from us. And uh, he came out, we were chit-chatting. It's amazing when you have kids, how the kids actually start the conversations. Anybody been there and done that, right? All right. But I got to know this gentleman. He's a neighbor. My wife actually got to meet him several times, and I had met him for the first time. We talked about uh, life, and we talked about how things were going. He's a Packer fan. Um, I I know. (laughs) But you know what? We had an amazing conversation because I asked him how things were going. And he, and he proceeded to tell me, he said, you know what? A year ago, my wife passed away. And at that moment, I was just like, wow. How did I miss that? How did I miss that opportunity? A gentleman and his wife living three houses down from me I totally missed it. But you know what? Our conversation continued on. Continued on. And and, um, you see, life has a way of getting busy that we totally miss the opportunities to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Billy Graham said this. He said, we hurt people by being too busy. Too busy to notice their needs. Too busy to drop that note of comfort or encouragement, or assurance of love. Too busy to listen when someone needs to talk. Too busy to care. Paul gives us a new definition of greatness. And first, he begins by reminding the Christians of Philippi that God has already filled them with his love, strength, and grace. We read that in Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, it says this, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, 
if any tenderness and, and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but to each of you to the interests of the others. Do not do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Ambition is not bad in and of itself. But is it keeping you from being aware of God moments that come your way on a regular basis? The servant of God is a person who is aware of others around him. They are tuned into all the needs of those around them. They are always aware of the struggles that others are going through. Point number one this morning, I want to talk to you a little bit, is true greatness begins with a humble heart. We read that again. True greatness begins with a humble heart. We read in Matthew chapter 23, verse 11, it says, The greatest among you must be a what? Servant. The greatest among you must be a servant. I love the, the quote by Charles Stanley, where he says, True greatness is measured not on earth, but in eternity. When we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, he'll be looking for humility rather than impressive earthly accomplishments. This doesn't mean Christians should turn down positions of prominence, though. Rather, we should accept such roles as opportunities to be a steward for Christ and a servant of all. Reflecting the greatness of God. Reflecting the greatness of God. You see, it's all about Him, not about us. Not about us, it's all about Him. Don't get sucked into that worldly thing of it's all about me attitude. You see, it's all about him. When I was a worship leader, I used to sing a song and lead a song. It talks about it's all about you, Jesus. As if you should do things my way. <laughs> you alone are God and I surrender. We need to surrender. Point number two this morning is a humble heart is formed by serving others. Humility, guys, humility gets down low and lifts others up. In Philippians chapter 2, we read about the greatest servant of all. In verses 5 through 11, it says this, And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. I love that verse. Let his mindset become your motivation. You see, in verse 6, it goes on to say, He ex existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became a human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was a perfect example even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion. In verse 9, it says, because of that obedience, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. He has now been given the greatest of all names. The authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence 
Everything and everyone will one day submit to his name in the heavenly realm, in the earthly realm, in the demonic realm, and every tongue will proclaim in every language that Jesus Christ is Lord Yahweh, bringing the glory and honor to God the Father. You see, Jesus had lived in the splendor of heaven. He lived in heaven. Angels sang his praises. Perfect harmony with the Father and the Holy Spirit. But he loved us. Hear this this morning. He loved us so much to step out of heaven, become one of us. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. He was born in a stable. He was willing to be misunderstood, mocked, despised, tortured, and even killed. Made himself nothing to became, but to become the servant to all. In Matthew chapter 20, verses 25 through 28, if you read the, the, the white letters out there on the, on the wall, portion of the scriptures on there as far as with River Valley Church, it says, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, called them to his side and said, Kings and those with great authority in this world rule oppressively over their subjects like tyrants. But this is not your calling. You will lead by a completely different model. The greatest one among you will live as the one who is called to serve others. Because the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one with the heart of a servant. For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone and to give his life in exchange for the salvation of many. You see, your heart follows where you spend your time, your talent, and your treasures. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, we read, For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Your heart follows your treasure. That's not the way most of us think, though. We tend to think that we follow our heart. Jesus said, no, it doesn't work that way. Your heart always follows your treasure. It either follows inwardly or outwardly. There's a a story of when you go buy a boat. Anybody ever bought a boat? All right. You go buy a boat. You don't own the boat. The boat owns you. All right? Same thing is true when you go buy a new car. I remember when we bought our car, we'd be like, okay, kids, we're not eating in the car. We're not going to do any of that. That lasted probably two weeks, and we drove through a restaurant and got some food, and, you know, it became one of the most amazing vehicles in the world. But you invested a lot of money in that car. You don't own the car. The car owns you. It's especially true in today's world when you buy a house. You may put $20,000 down on a house and finance maybe the other 130000 or more. That's a huge investment. Where is your heart going to be? Probably in that new house. You're going to think about it. You're going to worry about it. You're going to dream about it, and you're going to talk about it to your friends. Your new house is going to be the center of your life. Why? Because your heart always follows your treasure. 
Is your heart focused on self or on others? If your heart is focused on serving, it's because you've invested in serving others. Like giving the, getting the word of God to people, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, like feeding the hungry in Jesus' name, like writing a check so kids could go to kids camp this last couple weeks ago, or like writing a check for youth kids to go to youth camp in the next week or two. Or maybe it's on a global team to help someone go. Or this one, I, 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 I totally love this one. Or you may run a lemonade stand to raise money for Go Kids Kingdom Builders. Because that's where your heart is. That happened this last week. Or maybe you're going to maybe buy an influential book to share with a friend. Just some awesome books that we've been, that we've been uh, going through. Is quality, 10 Qualities That Move You From a Believer to a Disciple. And also the book by Pastor Rob, Fix It. Great leadership books and, and great uh, ser- uh, stories about servanthood in there as well. You can pick those books up at the, at the Welcome Center after service. But great tools to resource your friends with. You see, God wants your heart. He's looking for disciples immersed in the people they invest in. Third point, as we give ourselves away, we'll be fulfilled and secure. By God's grace, it's not only others who benefit when we serve. Here are just a few of them. We become more like Christ when we serve. We gain freedom from selfishness when we serve. We're infused with joy. I love that word, infused. It's in us. We're infused with the joy of the Lord when we serve. We store up eternal rewards in heaven. Okay, you're probably going, okay, Pastor Leif, I get it. I get it. I understand. I get it. Where do I start? What do I do? First, you need to start by serving your family. Oh, really? Yeah. You need to start by serving your family. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, we read, Submit to one another out of a reverence for Christ. Everybody take your hand this morning. I'm going to give you five ways you can serve your family. Everybody hold up your hand this morning. Everybody go like this to make sure I know you're here. Okay, good. All right. Hello. Keep it up there. All right. Or if you want to rest it on your armrest, that's okay too. All right. All right. The first one, spend some time being quiet. Serve my family by focusing on myself first. Okay? In my household at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m., I'm up. Especially after this last year, I really felt like I really needed to get up and spend that time in the morning to be able to be ready to go personally so I knew that God was with me and that he's going to help me through the day to serve my family. All right, so you got one. Two, stop negative thoughts in their tracks. Stop them. In other words, pray over those thoughts immediately. See, I have to work on this daily. I should have done this. Or, man, I should have done this. Oh, man, what have I, you know... Pray over those thoughts immediately. Three, use words that lift up and not tear down. Use words that lift up and not tear down. Four, 
Ask God to show you the areas that you're lacking in. I used to be terrible. I'm still working on it, but I used to be way worse. I used to always have my cell phone all the time plugged in. I mean, I was just, okay, who's, okay, I got to be connected. And I spent more time on that than I would spend with my family. And I had to set that thing down. I purposely left it down there on the front row. (laughs) So I didn't have it this morning. But things that you need to work on, all right? Things that you need to work on. But five, listen to this. Five, ask God to show you the areas that you're thriving in. It's important to know that you're on the right track and following God. This morning, I'm going to ask the higher kids to come up here this morning. If you guys would stand up and come up here this morning. Sam and Olivia Hire, would you give them an applause this morning as they come up? How are you, Olivia? Sam? Love the hairdo. All right? Someday, someday, I'm just saying. I've watched you guys since I've been here at River Valley Church and Go Kids. I've seen you have the heart of a servant. Sam is always looking out for sister. Always looking out. We'd come to go kids and, and Olivia was either sick or was gone. He'd be like, hey, I need to take what I got. I, you have something, I gotta give that to my sister. She wanted, he wanted to make sure she got exactly what he got. He was looking out for her. They, he would escort her into church. I remember seeing pictures of that. Now, do you guys disagree? No? Sweet. Do you guys have like um, disagreements or fights or anything like that? Sometimes. But you know what? In the end, you love each other, don't you? Give me five. Thank you for coming up here this morning. You can sit back down. I want everybody in this room to take this challenge going forward. This is for everybody. Do something for somebody in your family this week without even being asked. Go do the dishes. Go mow the lawn. Clean your room. Most of the Go Kids are downstairs and Go Kids right now. I'll, I'll relay that message to them for your parents as well. <laughs> Set the dinner table. Do things without even being asked. And just see just see how people react. Look for ways you can serve in your family. Number two, serve people in your community. First Corinthians chapter nine, verses 19 through 23 says this. Now, even though I am free from obligation to others, I joyfully, there's that word again, I joyfully make myself a servant to all in order to win as many converts as possible. I, become, I became Jewish to the Jewish people in order to win them to the Messiah. I became like one under the law to gain the people who were stuck under the law, even though I myself am not under the law. And those who were without the Jewish laws, I became like them as one without the Jewish laws. In order to win them, although I'm not outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, I became weak to the weak to win the weak. I have adapted to the culture of every place I've gone so that I could more easily win people to Christ. 
I've done all this so that I would become God's partner for the sake of the gospel. Paul was ready and he was eager to take the gospel to the Roman world. Are we committed to our own priorities? Or are we committed to God's priorities? Are there difficult people to, that on, in this world to love and to serve? Yeah. But Paul was determined to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. But wait, 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 wait. I'm too busy. I can't do this. I've got a full schedule. Have you seen my calendar? I can't do any of this. I would challenge you to categorize your schedule in these three ways. Things I must do, things I should delegate, and things I should ignore. You see, you can't do everything. That's one of the things I'm working on. I know I can't do everything. I'm not Superman. I'm not Iron Man. I'm not Mr. Incredible. All right? For those of you who don't know, we had a great, incredible costume for our family this last year. But we're not incredible. God's incredible. I was reminded of last year in the fall, as we've heard many times of, of stories in this community and surrounding areas that were devastated by the tornadoes, and how people in this community rallied together to serve people in need. They weren't going, oh, wait, wait, this, I'm going to do this because I'm going to get this. No, they did it because they wanted to show the love of Christ to their neighbors and to their friends. I love helping my neighbors mow their lawn and snowblow. Anybody ever done that? So last winter, I was actually, um, I was blow, out blowing my driveway and I went down the street because the plow had already been by and I blew up the end of the driveway of the na- couple neighbors down. He never said anything and I wasn't looking for anything. He came up to me this early spring and he said, hey, you know what? Hey, Leif, <clears throat> did you, did you, blow out my driveway this winter? I said, yeah. He's like, thank you. Little things like that that we can do to serve in our community. We have a great opportunity, as you've already heard, to serve in our community. Um, I would encourage you to stop by the, the, the booth out in front to sign up to serve. It's an amazing opportunity to serve in, in our community and communities around us. You see, serving others is probably the greatest tool to open the heart of people to Jesus. Let me read that again to you. Serving others is probably the greatest tool to open the heart of people to Jesus. We don't participate to get, but to give. Will people notice? Yes, yeah, some will. Some won't. And even those that see what we're doing may wonder about our motives. We can only change their cynicism into trust if we're consistent and kind. The last place that I want to talk to you about is serving in your church. You see, God's design for the church is for everyone to play a role. Paul describes the church as the body of Christ. There's designated leaders, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. They're here to equip people to serve gladly. There's that joyful, gladful attitude again. And effectively... When the body of Christ is functioning properly, amazing things happen. 
we just came off of a week of kids camp and I, I want to share a couple of the amazing stories with you. There's counselors at kids camp and a CIT, which is a counselor in training. Every day, the counselor gets one hour to themselves. You're like, one hour? Yeah, we give them one hour to rejuvenate, to, to just rest or do whatever they want to do. But there was this one counselor took this opportunity to go to the store during her hour break to get herself rejuvenated. She went to the store, bought a Bible, highlighted scriptures in the Bible, came back to pick up her students from the chapel area and gave the person the Bible who, one, had never been to camp before and, number two, didn't know Jesus before this time. She put the needs of someone else in front of her own. There was another individual, Jennifer Najaji, who attends the campus here. She was one of our nurses at camp. She had heard many times from her son that when she came home from camp, how camp was so awesome. But Jen went this year as a nurse. And she got to experience what her children were experiencing. So in our car ride home with a bunch of volunteers, she was sharing how good and awesome it was and she could relate more because she had been there and experienced with her kids. You see, there's multiple people that serve around here. Sam Shell plays bass, plays awesome in helping us lead in worship. Trevor in the sound booth, he's making it happen back there this morning so you can, some, so you can hear me, all right? Zacharias family, as a family, is serving together right now in Go Kids. Look for ways you can serve in your church. Maybe it's kids' ministry, maybe it's youth, maybe it's production, maybe it's greeters, maybe it's on the prayer teams. I love it when I go to Chick fil A. Anybody ever been to Chick fil A? They always say, My pleasure. When you ask him for, to refill that sweet tea, it's my pleasure. Can you imagine if they did this? What? I got to fill your tea again? For me, it would be like the sixth time. <laughs> but they say it's my pleasure. Also in the movie, um, Princess Bride, they always say, as you wish. As you wish. There was a powerful song that was sung by a group called Shane and Shane. It says this, give us a picture of your face. Show us the measure of your grace. Reveal the love of the Father. Put within us tenderness. Release from us all selfishness. We'll consider them better. Give us hearts of servants. Jesus, you are. Jesus, you were, and Jesus, you will always be a perfect servant to us, a perfect servant to death, even the death on a cross. In Colossians 3, verses 23 through 24, we read, put your heart and soul into every activity you do. Let me read that part again. Put your heart and soul into every activity that you do, as though you were doing it for the Lord himself, and not merely for others. 
For we know that we receive a reward of inheritance from the Lord as we serve the Lord Yahweh, the Anointed One. So we wrap up this morning. I want to share with you, as we gain wisdom and humility and servanthood, we learn four very important realities. We learn that in myself, I am nothing. In myself, I know nothing. In myself, I have nothing. In myself, I can do nothing. But listen to this. But in Christ, the opposite is true. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I have the mind of Christ as we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. I have all things that pertain to life and godliness. And I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9 says this. So whether we live or we die, we make it our life's passion to live our lives pleasing to him. One more time. So whether we live or die, we make it our life's passion to live our lives pleasing to him. To be the hands and feet of Jesus, reflecting everything to the Father so that we can put a smile on his face, giving all glory and honor to Jesus. Let us pray this morning. Father, we thank you, Jesus. I thank you, for Je- I thank you Jesus, for being the great example of servanthood. God, I help, I help us this week do something for someone without even being asked. Help us, Jesus, to serve one another in love. Help us to have that joy, that infused joy from you living inside of us that we get to, that we get to help our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers, our bosses, our friends in our church. God, we thank you for your word. We glorify you and honor you. In your precious name we pray.